This is Donald Parham. You're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the LA Football Network. Stay diggy. And this is Chris the second, Chargers outside linebacker. And make sure you check out Chargers Unleashed. Shout out to Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph Day, you know the vibes. We outside. Are you checking in with Mike Williams from the LA Chargers and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed? You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dale Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bolt Family, Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Dan Wolkenstein. The 2022 NFL season is still going, but for Chargers everywhere, <laughs> we're already... Deep into 2023, my friend, and whether we're talking about the NFL draft, which comes up in April, or the latest news when it comes to the Chargers as it relates to their coaching staff searches, namely offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, and as of right now, linebackers coach. The hunt is on. Everybody's interested in who the Chargers are potentially interviewing. Obviously, Chargers fan base everywhere has their own opinions about it, and they have been very outspoken on who they would either prefer not want to hire, potentially hire, Chargers should do X, Y, Z. It's all over the place right now. And this is the the crux of what's happening with a number of different teams as it relates to filling out their coaching staffs as it relates to the 2023 NFL season. But first and foremost, obviously, we're going to delve into all of that here in just a little bit as far as the latest coaching updates for the Chargers, who they've requested interviews with, um, who they have already completed interviews with and possibly some potential ones that may take place after this conference championship weekend. But Dan, first and foremost, how are you, sir? I'm great. I'm great. I, I forget how much every year feels like this. I forget how much I enjoy off season talk, whether it's the draft, whether it's coaching, whether it's free agency, you name it. And then every year I remember and I get such joy out, out of this season. So I'm great. I'm great. I started looking at some draft prospects. We started looking at some guys possibly for the Chargers. It could be, you know, a Tank Dell. It could be a Jordan Addison. Listen Michael to Wolfman, You know what? I am very proud of you. See, now this is Dalton the type. Kincaid. These are the type of nuggets that I want to hear from you in like November. <laughs> you know, well, just, they're not there. They don't exist in November. Just oh no, but they do. But just give me that, okay? okay. I know we'd rather be talking about the Chargers and the AFC, cha- you know, conference championship right now. Unfortunately, that's not the case. But you know what? The one of the best things to deal with that type of sorrow is looking at NFL draft prospects. How sad! How sad are we? It is. It, it's it's sad. I know. But you know what? You got to find ways to deal with your sorrow, and that particularly is one of mine. Yes, yes. So, no, I'm great. Uh, looking forward to seeing kind of what the Chargers do with the draft. Obviously, what positions we need, which we'll talk about all in the offseason. But I think what's most important right now, what's most pertinent, is what we're going to talk about today. Who are the offensive coordinator candidates for the Chargers? Why are there? Why is there a spot open? What are they looking for? And who might be the best fit for this team? Uh, Jake, over or under, I'm going to go seven and a half offensive coordinator interviews Separate people for this Chargers coaching job. Seven and a half. I mean, if I remember the math correctly, one, two, three, four, five. They're already at six, so that sounds like a good number that it's going to go over. So, um, 
yeah, I would probably pound the over, especially if they have their eyes on certain coaches after this conference championship weekend. So we'll talk about, (laughs) we'll see what happens, but, uh, Ron, remind everybody real quick that bet online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports waging information, bet online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. All you have to do is head on over to betonline.eg to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use that promo code believe that's B L E A V to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts. Jake, how are you today? It's early. And if you notice my background has slightly changed from what it normally is. And that's because if you see right here, this time of the day, the light decides to come right in my face. So I literally am blind. So I had to, you know, do a little makeshift here. But other than that, I'm great. I had a fantastic workout this morning. I had my pre-workout. My energy levels are good. I'm ready to talk about this. Do you have athletic greens? Because, man, you are on a roll. No. No, I have not had my athletic greens today. Um, you know, it's it's the off-season. There's, oh. I guess you would say normally, Dan, from our conversations, there's less for me to be pessimistic about on a week-to-week basis. So maybe that is the reason for somewhat of the pep in my step. This for, the, for those who are not watching or just listening to our podcast, imagine there's a show on Netflix called God's Favorite Idiot. I don't know if anybody's seen it. But in the show, there is a character who basically has been uh, anointed by God to whatever. I'm not quite there yet. But uh, he glows. He glows. He literally glows. Uh that's what Jake looks like right now. God's favorite idiot. He's glowing with the sunlight. <laughs> I don't know if that was a compliment or an insult. No, it's a compliment. He's a very, very kind man. Like the the comparisons literally that you had to give me to God's favorite idiot is the fact that I just so happen to be glowing in the way of sunlight. So, <laughs> so Jake. Um, very weird. <laughs> lots of discussions uh, over the past week or so about kind of what the Chargers team needs, especially on offense. God, how important is this? Especially with where you're at with the Justin Herbert contract situation right now. We don't know if that's going to be extended this year or obviously when it goes into the final year of his his contract. You hope it doesn't get that far. But as I had mentioned a couple weeks ago, I think that Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley, as of this moment, are linked as far as their tenure goes with the Chargers. And depending on what these coaching hirings do this year could spell the short-term or long-term of their tenure for the future with this team. So you have to get this right. Again, like I said, it shouldn't be that hard to find someone who could generate a better offense with Justin Herbert at the helm than what you had with the past two years with Joe Lombardi. That shouldn't be difficult. But how you're going to implement this plan in order to better the run game and and be a more complete type of offense that is going to complement to uh, you know the passing game to the running game again, as Tom Telesco said, not 50-50. It's still going to be a predominantly pass uh, you know passing offense. It's going to go how Justin Herbert goes. But these coordinators, these coordinator uh, positions, whether we're talking offensive quarterbacks coach or the linebackers coach position right now. It, and I, I'm expecting a few other changes to be had. I think you're going to see some assistant changes as well. But these are critical right now for for Brandon Staley's coaching tenure moving forward. If he doesn't, if he wasn't worried that he was on the hot seat after the debacle of Week 18 and the ultimate 27 uh, point, 
you know, playoff loss to the ja- to the Jacksonville Jaguars and blowing a 27-point lead. He should very much believe that going into this season, he is going to be on the hot seat depending on what he is able to produce. This offensive coordinator decision is huge. You cannot understate or overstate, excuse me, how important this hiring is, not just for the team, not just for Brandon Staley, not just for Tom Telesco, but for the fran- like franchise changing. If you don't get Justin Herbert the right guy and you watch him kind of simmer throughout his career, that's a bad look. That's a bad look. And we talk about production. Look, yards are great. And Justin Herbert's top two, I believe. I think he was the second best in terms of yards. And so from that production standpoint, great. We need points. This team needs points. And they need efficiency. And they're not there. That's the level they have to get to. To compete with the guys like the Bills, like the Chiefs, like the Niners, like the Eagles, like the Bengals. All these teams are there for a reason. Chargers have to get to that level. And that's what's most important. That's why this offensive coordinator hiring is vital. So I think before we get into the candidates, which you'll will sense some uh, lineage here, I think it's important to kind of set the stage in terms of like big picture, what the Chargers are looking for on offense, and then kind of what qualities they look for in a coordinator, and then go into the coordinators. So uh, for folks who are listening, feel free to watch. But if not, we're putting together a little slide here slide show here uh, with some of the kind of ideas of what the Chargers team could be looking for. So I think, Jake, what's important to start with, and we can both talk about this, is you heard Brandon Staley talk about it at the press conference. I think Daniel Popper asked him specifically, you know, what style, what type of offense, and I think he mentioned the Sean McVay, Shanahan style, West Coast offense. Is that what he's looking for? And Staley, I'm paraphrasing, basically said, yes, that's what he's comfortable for. That's what he's seen as successful. That's what they want. So no surprise in a bit here when you go through a lot of these candidates, many of them are from either the Shanahan or McVay coaching tree. So level set, Jake, (laughs) fundamentally difference between what we saw with Joe Lombardi the last couple of years and this West Coast offense, which a lot of people hear about. Fundamentally, big picture. Two major things that differentiate these two. One, zone run blocking scheme, which basically gives running backs the ability to use multiple gaps, and they can use their vision to decide which one they want. They can basically go cut back, then go with the middle or on the outside. Zone blocking scheme for running games. Play action is also a big component of this. And then the third one, I think I said two, but there's three. The third one is pre and post snap motion. Now, All three of those are ones the Chargers fans have been clamoring for for the last better part of two years. We can't get this. We can't see Justin Herbert roll out as much as we'd like. The creativity with pre post snap, all that kind of jazz is just not there. Play action is not there. And the running game is atrocious. So sounds about right. If you look at the teams who are successful at this, i.e. look at the Niners, Look at the Rams. Look at the Eagles. Look at the Chiefs. Lots of things in common with these teams. So that's the style offense. So when you see or hear people talk about kind of the Shanahan or McVay tree, that's where this comes from. That's where all, and you'll see so many guys that have success in the NFL or are hot commodities come from that system. So obviously Kyle Shanahan, obviously Sean McVay, 
Mike McDaniels just this past year, Mike LaFleur in the past, who's obviously a candidate now. Lots of guys come from that. Andy Reid, same style. So that kind of innovative, makes the defense think style is what this team is looking for. So when you look at that compared to what the ha- the team had previously, it night was anything and day. but night and day, complete anything night and day. But <laughs> um, you know the interesting part about all this, Dan, and as we're going to get into the candidates here, you know the the connections are definitely there, and it kind of works with again. You emphasize on what Tom Telesco really said in his press conference. Said we're never going to be a fifty fifty balanced team between the run and the pass. We're still going to be a predominant passing offense. But you have to improve this run game because it does not complement your passing game well. It does not assist Justin Herbert. It It is not versatile enough to confuse defenses. And whatever what type of zone blocking run scheme that you want to insert into this, or hell, just come up with a better way to get your running backs involved in this offense. It, it needs to be completely reconfigured here. And I think the best part that I was reading all week, because we had talked about the coaching candidates last week, Dan, before, you know, right when the news came down that Joe Lombardi had been let go from the franchise and who they could potentially be looking at. This whole fan base has basically said, so we're basically just interviewing the entire Ram staff right now. (laughs) I think I saw one that I think I saw one from even our own uh, LAFB boys over at the Rams with our good friend Ryan Dyrud, who said at some point the Chargers are going to interview the custodian for their offensive coordinator position if he was with the Rams. If they've had a cup of coffee with either Shanahan or McVay at some point in their career, they're probably getting an interview with the Chargers. Um, so it's, again, it, you tie it in with a little bit of with what Staley said, that the biggest number one quality that he was looking for was leadership. It doesn't necessarily mean that they've either been a prior head coach, anything like that. And as you've seen, and the guys that we're going to go through here, it's it is a mixture. You have some guys that have remained at coordinator positions, albeit at you know coaching multiple spots on offense, but they have been tenured for 14, 21 years of experience in the league. Or you have other ones that only maybe have roughly four to six years of coordinating, but obviously the familiarity and what they have built up in their resume thus far. So in short, it sounds like the Chargers are casting a pretty wide net of what it is that they're looking for in their offensive coordinator. A wide net, but a narrow focus on what they're looking for. They need to have a specific mold that they can fill. Um, it, it is interesting, Jake. I think that Chargers fans, we're a fickle bunch. We, we all know. We all know this. Um, it feels like the staff is kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. Like, I feel like 40% of the fan base wants to have an experienced coach who's been here for years, who's mature, who can kind of put Brandon Staley in check sometimes for those big decisions. And then the other 40% want the young up-and-coming kind of genius, i.e. like the Mike McDaniels type, the Brandon Staley type, the which we're going to get into the Zach Robinson type. And then the other 20% are just like digging their heels in Sean Payton. Like those are the three categories. So no matter what, 60% of the fan base is going to be pissed. Right. (laughs) I kind of go back with, you don't know what you don't know. And let's, let's just be honest here. Eric B is not coming through that door. 
the good offensive coordinators are coveted. So they're either going to be getting head coaching positions or they're going to be retained by their current team. So let's just mm-hmm. remember that for a second. Now, it doesn't mean that anybody that's interviewing right now is automatically going to be terrible. Because let's be honest, what Ben Johnson has done with the Detroit Lions, did anybody expect that to happen before this season? I don't think so. Look at Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell as a head coach. So I mean, Daniels. all these guys ride up a tree at some point in their careers and eventually blossom in the right system. Here's what I would say. No matter what coordinator the Chargers bring in, whether it's someone with experience, former head coaching experience, has a has or is very young in the game, which again, a lot of the Chargers coordinators that they have interviewed thus far are either 40 years and below. You only have to do two things. Be creative and not be Joe Lombardi. It it doesn't sound like it's that big of a checklist to to hit on, especially Fair. when you have an asset like Justin Herbert. Fair. So so I, I think I want to kind of level set with what folks are looking for when they look at these coordinators and, and just one little kind of tip of the cap. And I, I think just to put a topping on this is people want experience. And I've seen a lot of people talk about this, like the good coaches are not going anywhere. They're getting paid well, handsomely because they're good coaches. The other inexperienced coaches, the other experienced coaches, excuse me, there's a reason why they're available. Like, just remember that. Like, sure, they could have grown, they could have improved, but there's a reason why these experienced coaches are now available. Like, there are so, some checkboxes in the wrong category on those coaches. So, I think at this point, Jake, let's kind of kick this thing off. Um, lots of candidates, some of which we've already seen the team kind of talk about or request interviews for. Let's kind of kick it off with uh, the first one here. Thomas Brown. Rams tight end assistant head coach has been requested by the Chargers for an interview. I believe he's actually interviewing today. It's January 25th. He's interviewing for the Chargers offense coordinator job. Rams tight end slash assistant head coach to Sean McVay. Jake, overall thoughts. So you dig into this a little bit and you understand how much Thomas Brown is coveted and how, um, basically up and coming he is around coaching circles in this league. Now, the one emphasis that I have seen here, and we kind of leaned into it with talking about the Shanahan tree and um, you know the McVeigh tree, is that the emphasis is either you're talking about guys that have at one point coached the tight ends and had some semblance to do with the running game. That should give you a hint because there you connect the dots a little bit here with a lot of these coaching candidates, and that shows an emphasis on what the Chargers really want to improve on. Now, I get it. Everybody's wondering, like, okay, well, how are you going to make Justin Herbert better? That will come. That creativity will come. But this is one aspect of the offense that you really, really need to fix. And whether that's this coach is going to come in here and outside of just improving the run game, how are you going to develop the tight ends more? How are you going to utilize them more? And as much as I really enjoyed seeing Gerald Everett and Donald Parham, I would have loved to have seen more of them in this offense. Now, obviously, with Donald Parham's case, that was tough due to his his lingering injury that he had. But just in general, the Chargers tight end group beyond Everett and Parham didn't really contribute that much to this team. So you have to figure out not only what can we get the best out of the guys we have on this team, but potentially anybody else that you're going to bring in here. 
What are you going to do to develop that in order to perfect this scheme? And Thomas Brown, for what he's done in the league thus far, has definitely shown that. And the thing to keep in mind, uh, it's not just what he does now, but what he's done in the past. So he joined McVay's staff actually managing the running backs squad, which, again, you look at what the Chargers need to improve on a ton. Running game is arguably, if not the best of the top three most important things that have to get improved. I would say running game, I would say speed, and I would say passing game. <laughs> like Those are the three things I would say. Uh, so he has familiarity with the running game. He has familiarity, familiarity with the tight ends, which I know is an emphasis the Chargers are looking for, possibly in the draft as well as in the coaching staff. And with that high of praise from Sean McVay to where he immediately becomes assistant head coach in a year, uh, I think that speaks volumes. So he has lots to offer. He's dabbled in a few different things that the Chargers really need and has the praise of a one Sean McVay as well as Brandon Staley. So. Yeah. The if you're if you're looking for someone as far as the coaching candidates goes that you could say would give you the best chance to improve the running game, Thomas Brown would probably be at the top of this list as it stands right now. Now let's keep this Rams train rolling. <laughs> Next up on the list, Greg Olson, not the tight end, but the coach, Rams yes. senior offensive assistant, has interviewed for the Chargers head coaching position. Now Damn. I think this is kind of like. Senior, sorry, the offensive coordinator position. Yes, just and completed that interview last night, by the way, that they confirmed. Complete opposite end of the spectrum in terms of age, experience, things like that. We've seen Greg Olson's name around town, uh, been around for a bit. Senior offensive assistant for the Rams. Also high praise from Sean McVay. Jake, thoughts? Yeah. This is his third stint, actually, with the Rams in terms of coaching. Was their offensive coordinator from 2006 to 2007, quarterbacks coach in 2017 before rejoining the team as it stands, um, you know, last this last past season. But in terms of just coaching experience, like you said, Dan, one of the more tenured guys as far as people that they have brought in. Um, you know, it's 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 not necessarily that Staley has direct ties with because he wasn't part of the staff in the Rams in 2020 when Olsen came back. But in terms of coaches that have worked with a lot of different positions, a lot of different quarterbacks throughout history, Greg Olson fits that bill. So, you know, it's it's an interesting one in terms of the experience goes. This this would kind of ride the line to say where, you know, well, if you look at if you look at Greg Olson. You know, why wouldn't you want to look at Frank Reich in that same circumstance if you're looking for a little bit more leadership? And Frank Reich, again, was one of my top candidates that I had mentioned last week. It just made too much sense because of the familiarity with the team and what he's done as a head coach. And now obviously being heavily coveted as an offensive coordinator himself for several different teams, even some head coaching positions. So we'll see about that. But Greg Olson is an interesting one. And again, just in terms of the tenured experience here, I think, is the biggest thing, and his uh, the experience that he's had with multiple offenses through several different teams. So, um, and the one thing that I I do think is maybe kind of a checkbox in the negative for Greg Olson is I think that um, creativity kind I, of young is. blood. Yep, I agree with that. Fully and agree so with that. That's gonna be something that we'll have to kind of figure out if how important that is to the team. So they, they talked about it, like. Leadership is important. Being able to kind of teach the guys is important, but experience is not necessarily key to this hiring. So, Jake, next on the list, a very hot topic, very hot name, 
Third guy from the Rams coaching staff, Zach Robinson, Rams quarterbacks coach and passing coordinator. Already interviewed with the Chargers for the offensive coordinator position. This is probably, I would say, in kind of the leader leader position right now for fan favorite, it seems. I say it's it's him and tied with another candidate that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Zach Robinson, Jake. Let's talk about him. So, God. It's... Remember back in the days, Dan, where it's just like to be a head coach in the NFL, you know, most, I mean, 90% of the coaches were like at least 50 years plus. <laughs> Zach Robinson is a year younger than me for crying out loud. And that's what makes this <laughs> so ridiculous as far as the aspect of possible of moving up the coaching ranks here. So as a, as a player played for four teams, I mean, obviously not overly play for four teams, but was part of four teams throughout his playing tenure from 2010 to 2013, was part of the New England Patriots, the Seattle Seahawks, the Detroit Lions, the Cincinnati Bengals. And as a coaching standpoint, Dan, this is how he has moved up the ranks kind of in the same light as Brandon Staley has through his coaching acumen. But since he's been with the Rams since 2019, assistant quarterbacks coach, assistant wide receivers coach, and once again, assistant quarterbacks coach. Um, and then, of course, this past year, passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So he has dabbled a lot already in a number of different positions as a passing game coordinator um, and what he was able to do during the time of where he was or there as a wide receivers coach in 2020. You saw how that offense was able to move with Matthew Stafford as part of the Rams. I think in terms of that connection with Brandon Staley, I think this would make a lot of sense as far as hitting the creativity thing that you want with this offense in terms of the passing game coordinator experience. You could, I would definitely guarantee you're not going to get the same type of offense that you would have gotten out of Joe Lombardi with Zach Robinson as your offensive coordinator if he's going to be coming in here. So that makes me feel really good. I just think overall for uh, a young and upcoming coordinator moving up the ranks like this, I think this one makes a lot of sense. Um, from a familiarity standpoint, again, with jo with uh, Brandon Staley. I had mentioned him last week. He was actually one of my top possibilities as, as coming in and replacing Joe Lombardi. So I'm really on board with this hire. I'm glad that they've already taken care of him. But as we have heard, he is highly coveted. He's already um, completed his interviews with the Baltimore Ravens. And I think there are some other teams currently requesting permission as well. Yeah, so in terms of like the ability to kind of have someone who can bring a lot to the table, right? He look what he did this year. You know, obviously the QB one goes down, Matthew Stafford, they end up getting, you know, uh, the guy over from the Browns. <laughs> That's <laughs> how you're going to reference him. Too. Yes, wow. Baker, Baker Mayfield. And for a while, he's making Baker Mayfield look like a resurrection. And we've seen what this Rams offense looks like when healthy, you know, they have Cooper cup and have their guys. Obviously they were decimated this year, but Experience at the quarterback position, experience at wide receiver coaching. Been the staff since 2019 for the Rams. And also, he's kind of a, a brain trust, if you will. Obviously, he comes from the base scheme for PFF employee. Uh, so huge in analytics. Um, kind of brings that data-driven approach to game planning, which mirrors what Brandon Staley has done for a while. Um, he actually was who was brought in to replace Zach Taylor who Zach Taylor, if you all know, is now in the AFC Championship game again for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, 
Zach Robinson is a hot commodity, and he's gonna get he's going to get a job at some point. He's gonna get an offensive coordinator position this year. I guarantee it. It's just a matter of where. I think the Chargers are kind of in the top tier in terms of openings, and the alignment makes sense. I think the alignment both with him, the scheme fit, the coaching scheme, the McVay tree, the Brandon Staley familiarity, uh, all of it. Analytics, he's kind of got all those boxes checked. Uh, that would be kind of the leaning into kind of the modern analytics data-driven approach. And he's on my top. I think he might be one of my top two in terms of coaching options for this Chargers team. Now, moving on. Another one from the tree. Uh, Joe this Brady. One, this one got a lot of attention yesterday. Yep. So yesterday we came out that Joe Brady, Buffalo Bills quarterbacks coach, is going to be interviewed with the Chargers for their offensive coordinator position. Uh, another one of my top four, Jake, uh, and it, it should not go unnoticed, kind of his track record. Now, people are going to say in the naysayers, well, look at what Joe Brady did with Josh Allen this year. He was a turnover machine, yada, yada, yada. Josh Allen also is has been hurt all year, uh, and I don't necessarily know if I put that on Joe Brady, uh, but he was on the Carolina Panthers staff in 2020. And then before that, he was on the LSU championship team with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, where they went 15-0, averaging 49 points per game <laughs> with the spread offense, West Coast offense that this Chargers team is looking for. Now, obviously, he has now been with the Bills, been with helping Ken Dorsey, been with Brian Dable, Brian Dable leaves, and the offense takes a step back. Is that because of Joe Brady? I'm not necessarily sure. Uh I genuinely think that they, from a passing efficiency perspective, look at what Joe Brady did in Buffalo. Look at what he did with LSU. Like, you can't beat that. Now, sure, was the Panthers stuff his fault with the quarterback situation there? I don't think so. But Joe Brady is a hot commodity. I have him in my top four list as well. Uh, Comes from a tree that is doing pretty damn good. Jake, what are your thoughts on Joe Brady? I really like this idea for this hire, Dan. You specifically were waiting on this possible announcement to drop when the coaching searches were starting. You're like, why hasn't anybody mentioned like Joe Brady as a possibility or anything like that? Yep. And then sure enough, yesterday we get the word that the Chargers have requested permission to interview him. Now, this is I really like this one. And again, you talk about young and upcoming head coaches, and then you just look at the experience that he's had. Again, not long tenure, no head coaching experience, but when you look at what he assisted Joe Burrow to do in winning a national championship in 2019 offense was stupid as their passing game coordinator and their wide receivers coach. And so to think that he has worked closely with the likes of Joe Burrow and most recently, obviously with Josh Allen, Carolina Panthers, as far as what you want to look at that, you know, the whole head coaching staff in Carolina during his tenure, there was absolutely atrocious and what he had and, and there's only so much that you could do when you're talking about going from an offense that's powered by Joe Burrow to the likes of either Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold or PJ Walker. You're not really, and again, weapon, weapon deficient. So you're not really going to get the same type of output that you normally would in that circumstance. But then you go again. So then you put him back with Josh Allen and whatever, regardless what anybody wants to say about Josh Allen, still put up stellar numbers this season as a still MVP candidate. Like, let's I, be real. I would honestly, uh, and I've said this before, 
I go back to that Buffalo Miami game, the most recent one that was in the snow. Or sorry, not the playoffs one, obviously, but the one that the regular, regular season. season. Yes. And I'm watching this offense and I'm seeing it just spread offense and how much fun that would be with a quarterback like Justin Herbert to have in for this particular system. So at the I time think, we were both like crying, like, why can't we have nice? I know things? it would yeah. I mean, what what's going on here? Why why are we just the garbage bunch of the offensive coordinator position and innovation this season? It it, it was really unfortunate. So again, you take that with what the experience that he's had. And if you're talking about Joe Brady as one of these innovative upcoming head coaches, but just to see the experience on what he's done with two of the top quarterbacks in the league, albeit Joe Burrow before he even made it to the NFL, but then what he's done with Josh Allen, that's a nice combination to say, okay, what could I do with Justin Herbert in this offense? So I really like the potential of Joe Joe Brady coming in as the offensive coordinator. So uh, another one that has been asked to interview, this one actually comes from the Vikings coaching staff. Uh, an interesting name. A lot of folks I don't think necessarily knew who this was, but Jerron Johnson, Viking assistant quarterbacks coach. You see what he's done, obviously, with Kirk Cousins. Now, say what you will about Kirk Cousins. He didn't really do great in the playoffs, but during the regular season, that offense was humming. Obviously, they got Justin Jefferson. They got Dalvin Cook. Jerron Johnson, Vikings assistant quarterbacks coach, has been asked. I don't, Jake, has it come out that he has actually interviewed yet or accepted? I haven't seen anything saying that either there was acceptance, that Chargers have completed an interview with him. So I, I haven't seen anything beyond the initial request that this that this has taken place. So essentially, he previously, kind of give you a quick rundown, used to be a quarterback over at Texas A&M. And then after that, he went to the Eagles, Steelers, Bears, Ravens, and Cowboys uh, as a player, quarterback for all of them. Uh, then in 2017, made his jump over to coaching. Worked with the 49ers with their diversity coaching fellowship, then went to the Colts and then went to offensive quality control from 20 to 2020 to 2021. And then last year was his first season with the Vikings working under O'Connell. So he's got kind of the, the lineage, if you will, in terms of started with the 49ers diversity coaching staff all the way up to now with the Vikings. Um, this one in my eyes kind of seems like an outside chance. I don't necessarily know. I don't have him in my top five of coordinators, but he was requested by the chargers. So I figured we have to talk about him. Yeah. You know, this, this, this one is another one where you start digging down the McVay Shanahan tree and you'll find the nuggets there that obviously <laughs> connect because if we went to Walmart it, one day with Mike, <laughs> <laughs> Um, if we recall, Kevin O'Connell, who is now the current head coach of the Vikings, he was one of Brandon Staley's choices for to be the offensive coordinator of this team before Joe Lombardi ended up getting the ultimately getting the position. There were a number of people that he wanted to have in that role before Joe Lombardi. So, um, and let's mention it because the Chargers had requested to interview the offensive coordinator, Wes Phillips, but were denied that request from the Vikings. So again, you're taking someone who has that tie to Kevin O'Connell, ultimately the Shanahan McVay coaching tree that Brandon uh, Staley has been familiar with. Um, and as you mentioned, Dan, look what that offense was able to produce, even with Justin Je with Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins at the helm. Um, and it wasn't always the prettiest, but it still was explosive, put up great numbers. Um, 
you know, this still is an interesting one as far as one of the more probably up and coming coaches, but there is the trend there that follows this whole tree that Brandon Staley has been talking about in terms of who they're looking for. And again, I think it's wanting someone that the translation of what Brandon Staley wants to do is not going to be so difficult for Justin Herbert to then, again, deal with another coordinator in a different system. He wants to make this thing as seamless as possible going into this season. So obviously, he wants a coordinator that their system and their vision for the offense is going to be completely aligned. So, Jake, let's get into a couple guys that either we would love to see, either you and I personally or folks have talked about, and possibly names that we have not necessarily heard as much about, but we should probably hear. I'm going to put this out in the Twitterverse, in podcasts, in the reality. 49ers passing game coordinator Bobby Slowick should be, and I'm praying to God, is interviewed for the Chargers offensive coordinator position. Now, a lot of people are, who the hell is Bobby Slowick? Well... <laughs> If you look at the first slide that we were just talking about when you started this episode, Chargers talked about their desire to have a West Coast offense, desire to have kind of that McVeigh tree or the Shanahan tree. Well, Bobby Slowick, go check out what the Niners offense looks like and compare that to what the Chargers offense looks like. Cuts smooth like butter. It's incredible what that offense looks like and the efficiency that it plays with, given what they have at quarterback right now, to me is arguably the most impressive component. In my in my eyes, you know, people want to know, like, oh, like who is this guy? So he's been with the Niners for five years. Obviously, offensive passing game specialist. He started off with Mike Shanahan as a video assistant, basically was covering uh, opposing teams and was helping video department uh, essentially break down upcoming opponents, then became defensive assistant under Mike Shanahan with the Washington football team. Well, I guess at the time, this was Washington Redskins. Then 2017, 2018 was a defensive quality control for Kyle Shanahan and the Niners, then went to offensive assistant for the San Francisco 49ers in 2019, 2020 under Kyle Shanahan, then offensive passing game specialist for the San Francisco 49ers currently. If you want someone who is going to bring in what this Chargers team is desperate for, it's Bobby Slovak. Again, we're talking about a 49ers team that has cycled through Trey Lance, has cycled through Jimmy Garoppolo, and now Brock Purdy, and they rank third in the NFL in passing efficiency. Third. Now, a lot of folks, they talk about kind of like this wide zone scheme, what a lot of folks are looking for with this Chargers team, which I think is very, very important. What he does to get playmakers in space is what I think the Chargers fans are desperate for. Desperate for. Ranks first in the NFL, the 49ers, in yards after the catch per completion at seven yards after the catch per completion. Now, that was Jimmy Garoppolo. Purdy would rank third at 6.2 yards after the catch per reception. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, 
Obviously, you've got Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk. Like, they got playmakers. Imagine Chargers players in space, which one of the things, Jake, that I struggle with and I get a little sad watching from time to time is you watch some of these other offenses, how wide open their playmakers are. And then you go back and look at the Chargers, and it feels like they are in tight crowds all day long. That's what gets me giddy about Bobby Slowick, is if you can give me what he has in San Francisco from a scheme perspective, bring that to the Chargers. He's been kind of doing the passing game coordinator, but he has dabbled in some of the running back stuff, dabbled in the running game. Give me all of that. Not many people are talking about him, Jake. But if you see his name pop up for the Chargers, I'm doing backflips. First off, obviously this this hasn't been reported. As Dan mentioned, these are these are someone in particular that is high on his list as far as who he would want as his possible candidate for the coordinator. To me, there's still three names that's including Bobby Slowick on this list, and we're talking about teams that are remaining in the playoffs. So, Bobby Slowick. Dan Pitcher of the Cincinnati Bengals and Brian Johnson, the quarterbacks coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I would love to have any one of those three candidates as possibilities for this Chargers scheme for a multitude of different reasons. But Dan, the thing that pops out to me about Slowick, and you just look at it in in general, and this is what makes this 49ers coaching staff so good, particularly on the offense, is that what was the one thing that we said that was deficient from whether it was Lombardi or it was Staley at certain points throughout the regular season, ultimately ended up biting them in the ass in the playoffs, adjustments. How do you go from an offense that was supposed to be handled by Trey Lance to then Jimmy Garoppolo to then Mr. Irrelevant and Brock Purdy and essentially get the best play out of your offense by a third-string quarterback who was the last pick in the NFL draft. And you're in the NFC Championship game. That That is development. That is adjustments. And that is maximizing the potential of your offense while still technically having the core of what it is and what makes it great. Imagine, the, char- imagine the Chargers in the AFC Championship game with Easton Stick. I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> That's what he's doing. <laughs> Granted, I know the d- defensive roster is different, coaching staff's different, but that's what they do. It's so rare to see an offense succeed to this level with a third-string quarterback. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So as far as just the the potential goes, as far as being part of that coaching tree and learning from from Kyle Shanahan and the rest of your coaches on that team, but again, the ability to adjust, the ability to create an offense that works. That is one of the biggest components that this offense lacked last year. Yes. And and another name that we do do have to discuss, Chargers have interviewed uh, Luke Steckel. I think it's how you pronounce it. Luke Steckel? Steckel? Mm -hmm. Um, Comes from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, talk about kind of brain trust. Smart kid. I say kid. I think he's younger than me. I think you meant the Tennessee Titans there. I'm sorry. Tennessee Titans. I'm sorry. Not Jaguars. Um, Comes from Princeton. Man, that's pretty smart there. Uh, he was then, in 2017, promoted to assistant wide receivers coach. Then he was an offensive assistant. Then went to tight ends coach. Now for the Chinese uh, Titans. Luke Steckel was interviewed. Again, that's in the category of young, up-and-coming, smart, data analytics, data-driven, up-and-coming 
coaches that this Chargers team has looked at and has actually interviewed. So <laughs> he's had experience being an assistant to the head coach with the Browns. He also did that with the Titans. He's been doing wide receiver stuff, tight ends. He's got a pretty good grasp on many positions and many roles within the offensive side. Uh, Luke Steckel is one, not on my top five list, but one the Chargers have looked at. We have to talk about him because the Chargers have looked at him. Dan, this is another disgusting stat. Luke Steckel is is four days younger than me. <laughs> and when you look at his tenure of coaching experience in the NFL, albeit not a head coach, but he's been part of coaching staffs in the NFL since 2009. That's over 10 years. That's 14 of years coaching ago. Experience. Yeah. He's been with the Tennessee Titans staff since 2013 for crying since out loud. Since he was a sophomore in high school. Yes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, might as well have been. <laughs> might as well have been. You know, I mean, maybe that freshman year at Princeton, he was also, you know, doing some NFL coaching on the side. Who knows? But as Dan, as you mentioned, just basically, especially for, for Tennessee, basically just kind of going through each one of the offensive positions, wide receivers, uh, assistant head coach, tight ends. His, so he, he gets it. He has a wide... Uh, broad experience of how an offense just in general should work. And apparently, if you're following Tom Pelissero out there, he's highly coveted. He's highly respected as, as one of the young and upcoming head coaches right now. So as I, I could see this as another one of those type of moves where you look at it as like, okay, the young and upcoming guy to be innovative, but also has a little bit of that mixture of over 10 years of head coaching experience at 37 years of age, which is just wild. So again, can you be creative? Yes, I think you could be. Could you be better than Joe Lombardi? Yes, I, <laughs> I think you could be. So for a number of different reasons, this this makes sense. So to everybody that was that was happy that the, the net that was being cast was outside of the Rams locker room, this is one that you might want to pay attention to just a little bit. Not one of my top you know, remaining candidates, but an interesting name when it comes to possible innovation and use for this coaching staff. Another offensive coordinator candidate. I think this one's a little polarizing for some folks out there. Mike LaFleur, former Jets offensive coordinator. Now, as soon as you say Jets and offense, I think people get a little uh, weary, and rightly so, given who their quarterbacks were. But remember, before that, where he came from. Again, Shanahan Tree. This is your guy. Uh, Michael Floor still highly coveted. Now, again, do you blame him for that Jets offense led by a Zach Wilson? I don't think so. G given who he's come from, he kind of, that seems like an exception to the rule. But, Jake, let's talk about Michael Floor. You know, Michael Floor, again, youth movement is there, has a lot of coaching experience. And, yes, as you mentioned, you automatically say the Jets, and you're like, ugh. God, why would I even want to touch that? I I understand it, but I don't think that, as you said, Dan, it, it's it's kind of in the same breath as Joe Brady, where Joe Brady was dealing with I agree. Teddy Bridgewater, PJ Walker, and Sam Darnold in Carolina. A lot of people, when they looked at that release of Joe Brady, they were like, "Why?" I remember a lot of people asking questions, "Why?" during that point in time, and you could 
kind of make the same argument with with Mike LaFleur in this circumstance. But in terms of, and again, the Chargers have not requested interviews. There's there's nothing potentially on the table. But as far as just options that still remain out there, if you're connecting dots from the Shanahan tree, he definitely has that. Um, and it's been successful during his tenure there. So yeah, I think you, you could have a better turnout with him as your possible part of this coaching staff with Justin Herbert at the helm. But again, time will tell, but I know that this name has been fluttered out there as uh, a possibility. We'll ultimately see if that comes to fruition. I mean, I, I, I'd like it. I think he's a good coach. I think he'd be, I think he'd fit well. Um, Jake, I know we have some other guys that we don't have pictures here, obviously, but I do think that we do need to talk about um, one of the ones that you mentioned earlier that I know folks have been high on, some of which, again, we're talking about 40% are high, some of them are low, some of them want Sean Payton or not wanting anything else. Um, Frank Reich has been one of the guys kind of on your hot list. I think he's on your top five. Am I right? Oh, he he was in my top two. Oh, okay. So, uh, Frank Reich, what do you love? How do you see it working? And do you think he fits the West Coast innovation stuff that I think a lot of folks have been clamoring for in the coaching staff and Tom Telesco have talked about. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he definitely does. I mean, you, you look at obviously his experience with his time as the chargers quarterbacks coach for a year and then moved up to our offensive coordinator for two years for that. And then of course, what happens? He moves on to the Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator. They ultimately are part of a team that ends up winning the super bowl. And now when he moved on to the Indianapolis Colts, you know, you talk about a team that has just has had a basically revolving wheel since Andrew Luck at the quarterback position. And even still to this earlier this year, when Frank Reich was ultimately let go, I was very surprised because I did not think that that was the problem or the issue. Definitely wasn't from Frank Reich's perspective. And considering what he had done, even with a, limited offense, essentially, during his majority of his coaching tenure year, it was actually pretty impressive. So one of the biggest things that I had said for Brandon Staley, and this was either for offense or for defense, I really felt that he needed some more veteran presence, some guys that have been there. And nobody fits this bill right now as far as head coaches out there, aside from the Sean Paytons of the world, obviously, but that's for head coach. So it's kind of disqualified in this conversation, but nobody fits the bill for possible offensive coordinators as far as experience goes than Frank Reich. A guy who has been there, guys familiar with this organization, you think that Frank Reich would love to have the opportunity to help mold an offense that has revolved around a Justin Herbert, given what he did in Philadelphia, given what he had did uh, with the Indianapolis Colts and their lack thereof, (laughs) essentially of quarterback play that they got from their team. Uh, I think that would be great. And again, just to pair it with a guy like Brandon Staley, who's the youth movement of head coaches, more times than not, you see these young coaches, they get experience around them. Outside of people that they're familiar with, it's nice when you can blend guys who have been there. I look at what Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn did, two experienced type guys, Dan Campbell, how he built his team out, experienced guys. So it's it works from that circumstance, and I definitely felt whether it was offensively or defensively that Brandon Staley, if he was learning anything, would need to do that in order to build out his staff. So I would love to see Frank Reich as po- as a possibility for the offensive coordinator for this team. I know he's actually being uh, heavily 
heavily considered by the Arizona Cardinals to be their next head coach. Head and coach. I, head coach, yes. So he's getting interviews on both sides of the ball in terms of head coaching interviews and offensive coordinator issues. So ultimately, I see the chances of Frank Reich, and especially since you haven't heard an announcement as of yet, I don't see that the chances of Frank Reich being part of this team very high. But I you don't see it thought, being high? No, just, and, and again, I'm just basing that off of, we haven't heard anything from the Chargers yet in terms of, requesting an interview. He's not part of a team, so it shouldn't be that hard to interview him. And two, the other interviews that he is currently getting from other teams right now. So right now it doesn't seem that high, but in terms of just fit, I thought it would have been perfect. Are there any other dark horses for offensive coordinator candidates for this team that you think are being slept on, not talked about, or maybe the opposite, the ones who are talked about all the time that you're like, no, I don't see it. Oh, I mean, outside of, you know, we'll see what happens after this conference championship game. Yeah, you talk uh, about I, those guys, for sure. I think, I think all three of those guys are great possibilities. Ben Johnson from the Detroit Lions was another one, but of course he decided to stay with the team for this upcoming season. Um, you know, the, the Chargers, to their credit, are doing their due diligence right now. I don't think that they're pigeonholing themselves into any one thing, but if you can follow the theme of what it is that they're looking to instill in this offense with Justin Herbert and the makeover that it needs from the Joe Lombardi era, you, you can see the the the... the the commonalities between coaches. And again, if we're looking for creativity <laughs> as one aspect and being better than Joe Lombardi as the second aspect, <laughs> it really should not be that hard to find. Agreed. Um, I do want to kind of put this little nugget. I saw this from PFF today. Um, the best team, best three teams in getting points on the board. This is the highest scoring drive percentage, including the playoffs. Three of the four teams are currently in championship Sunday. The Chiefs, the Niners, and the Eagles. Niners, 44%. Chiefs, 46%. Eagles, 43%. Highest scoring drive percentage. I know we talk about defenses winning championships, and you do need to have a defense to help you. It's still an offensive-driven league, and you're seeing the best defenses get carved up by the best offenses, and that's for a reason. We need, as Chargers fans, we hope, to see this Chargers team take it up a level in creativity. And we saw Tom, Tom, we, we saw Tom Telesco and we saw Brandon Staley talk about they need to up that a level. There's another level they have to get to. That's why Joe, Joe Lombardi is no longer on this team. The Chargers have to get more efficient and more explosive and more creative on offense. We've talked about a bunch of guys. You talked about Thomas Brown, Greg Olson, talked about Zach Robinson, Joe Brady, Bobby Slowick, Frank Reich, Michael Fleur, Eckle. We talked about Jaron Johnson. Jake, let's kind of put both of our feet to flames here. Last button topic. Who are your top two, realistically? And who do you predict the Chargers' next offensive coordinator is? Top two, I'd have to say, as it stands right now, I probably would say between Joe Brady and Zach Robinson would be my top two as far as possibilities that would be fun, innovative, um, experience with, with good quarterbacks. And of course, if you can blend that with what Brandon Staley wants with this team, I think you could come up with something very innovative, very creative, and ultimately sustainable in a multitude of different aspects that's going to be able to 
keep pat with a lot of the other offensive powerhouses in this league. So if I was looking at it, Thomas Brown would be right behind him if I was to put any candidate at number three. Mm -hmm. But I would definitely say that Zach Robinson and Joe Brady would be my top two. (sighs) Man, okay. Like on the outside for me on the top two, and it's it's hard. I, I have a top three. I would say they have a top four, but I, I think there is a top three and then a fourth. Top three, I have Zach Robinson. I've got Bobby Slowick, and I've got Joe Brady. Those are my top three. It's hard to split hairs between the top two and top three. I think I'm going to go Zach Robinson and Bobby Slowick. Those are my top two. What Bobby Slowick does and kind of the idea of him bringing that to this Chargers team is just, ugh. We talk about it, euphoria. Um, but again, what Joe Brady has done with those quarterbacks, both at LSU and in Buffalo, like those are hard to beat. So we're in good company. I'm hoping to see this Joe Brady interview go to the next round, if you will. But again, let's wait. There's conference championship happening this week. And after that, two teams are going home. And two teams are probably going to be getting called for offensive coordinator position. And then they're going to be highly coveted as well. Yes. So lots to discuss. Uh, we'll find out more as the week goes on. Jake, uh, I think that's going to do it. I think we're good. It's got me amped up. I'm ready to go watch some tape. I'm ready to go look at some draft class info. I'm proud of you. I'm very uh, proud of you. Uh, lots of folks talking about Zay Flowers at 21. I, I like how, I like how you dropped that little nugget. Just to, hey, you know. hey, we'll find out. We'll see how this goes. A big couple months. We're gonna get into draft talk, obviously. East West Shrine Game Senior Bowl these next couple weeks. So I'm not adverse to start opening up the draft episodes here in the next couple of weeks. So we I, will get into it. I know we got still got a few months until April, but Hell, Jake why, is itching. Jake why is itching. the hell not? <laughs> For Jake Hefner, the draft nerd himself, you can find him at Jake T Hefner. Myself at Dan W Sports. Hope this guy this gave you guys some insights into what the Chargers are looking for and who these guys are at offensive coordinator. We'll talk to you guys next on Chargers Unleashed. Gotta find the end recording button.